Good morning, Christina. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? For those that don't know you, Christina Rordem with Florida Realty Investments. Got it. That's ah, me. <laughs> I got it this time. Yeah. You had all the right words. <laughs> Just in the wrong order before. That's okay. Um, you are a real estate agent. Um, I wouldn't judge you for it. Okay. <laughs> Thank Tell me you. a little bit about your career trajectory. Sure. Um, well, I grew up in a real estate family. My mom was a realtor. So uh, it's my running joke that uh, I was child labor, which is probably an inappropriate joke these days, but it was true. I was folding newsletters and we lived in Orange Tree and Dr. Phillips and she would farm that whole area and we would go to open houses and I'd drive around with her while she wrote down numbers for FISBOs. I'd go with her to knock on doors. Um, so that was sort of my childhood. And then uh, as I got older, I was in retail management. My, my store was robbed. I'll just say my store was robbed. And, uh, you know, I got I got pepper sprayed. Um, I ended up in the hospital and I was like, this is not worth it for whether and God bless the people in retail, all my retail brothers and sisters, it's a hard job and I love them to death. So I just, after that, I was like, let me make a switch. And I just got into the family business. I started a new home sales. And this was kind of as the market had peaked and was starting to come down. So that was an interesting way to in- enter the market. Sure. A lot of people were leaving. I was getting into it. And I weathered that storm. I got into, um, as the REO business started to blow up, my neighbor was a major REO agent and he needed to develop a team. He recruited me. I started working with him. And then eventually that kind of slowed and I said, you know, I really want to work for myself. And now I have really like a relationship-based business model. So um, referrals, repeat customers, kind of word of mouth. And uh, it'll be 14 years in July. Wow. Yeah. You seem like you're a little too young for having been I in the am. industry you know, I started when I was 15 and, uh, you know, they made some exceptions for me. They let me. I like it. Yeah. We'll go with that. That's true. Um, so you got pepper sprayed into the industry. That's a unique story yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, how long was your, was your mom still doing real estate? Right now she's, um, you know, she's kind of like semi-retired. I think she, she sits uh, some new home communities. Like she'll kind of be sort of like a, a, almost like a temp up for new homes. Okay. So she'll kind of uh, watch the communities, open them up, register the people, give information. So she's kind of like low-key i mean she went she went pretty hard for a long time so now she's just kind of um she loves new homes so that's what she's doing right now and and you've been always in central florida yeah i um when i when i was in retail i i did live in tampa for a few years so i i uh, opened the charlotte roost out at the west shore mall and i would travel all over the state and help uh our district manager open new stores and stuff like that but so i lived in tampa for a little bit and then i came back so when i started my real estate career always here very cool so you've seen the growth in central florida yeah i mean i remember it's you know i I date myself but yeah you know we were one of the first houses when there were like eight houses in orange tree we were one of the first houses on orange tree lane you know when dr phillips was like orange groves and there wasn't any of this stuff so um it's really cool seeing everything before we had a basketball team, you know, way before Orlando city. So, yeah. Um, having been in the industry for this long, you've obviously experienced a lot of the changes on it. 
uh, which have been massive in this. When we look at 14 years, I think in realtor years, it's like 150 <laughs> years of normal years. Um, not only because of the kind of like the running joke of the, the hours that we work and uh-huh. um, and just how sometimes stressful the, the industry can be, yeah. but also because of the changes. I mean, you are from a time almost pre-internet, not quite, yeah. um, but but it wasn't. It wasn't the primary driver of real estate sales or real estate shopping to a time now where almost every single person begins their home search on a computer. Yeah. Um, what are some of those changes that you've been able to embrace the best or that, or that you enjoy the most? Well, I'm trying to do more. Um, and if anybody follows me like on Instagram, I'm trying to do more with like the social. I've always, you know, as social media started to kind of develop, I always sort of embraced it. Um you know, Twitter used to be, Twitter sort of, eh, I like Twitter, but now it's a lot of people arguing, <laughs> but I'm still on there. Um, so social media, I think that's something that's always growing. And I try to do more with like the Instagram stories and I'm, I'm, you know, really, you know, trying to do more with video. So slowly but surely I'm more video creation. Um, I think that's something that's a big, I mean, everything's going video, right? Or like what we're doing right now, podcasting. So, um, I think it's fun in that now, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because when I was in new homes, somebody walked in and, and he's still a, he's still a realtor. I'm still a realtor. And, and I was the new home salesperson. He was a realtor bringing his buyer in and he had, he had a phone and it was a smartphone and he was telling me about the smartphone and I'm like, really? And I had my little Blackberry and it had a little ball that you could mm-hmm. run. I was like, I'm fancy, you know? And it was like slim and anyways, so it has changed and, for me, I, I think that the cool thing is we're not just um, the gatekeepers. We're not the, the guardians of the information. Um, and I know you've seen, we talked about iBuyer. You and I have talked about iBuyers before, I think. But, you know, the open door CEO was quoted as saying, oh, real estate agents are going to become more advisors. I'm like, we already are. That's really what the best of us already are. And that's why people come to us. So. Um, they trust us. They trust you. You're hiring us for our experience and our expertise. So uh, it's a lot more of us creating content, um, being the local expert, stuff that like a, an algorithm, a website can't do. You know, they can't tell you, oh, okay, what's what's the best coffee shop in Winter Park? And, um, you know, what is there to do? And, you know, what's this neighborhood like? And those types of things. So uh, I'm trying to lean more into the social, into just, just creating content that people want to see, you know, yeah, I think I think to your point, for the longest time we were the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, some some people in our industry saw that as an opportunity to be in a business that did not where you needed really didn't need to be an expert or specialized because right. you were the gatekeeper. So if you wanted to yeah. come in, I, I had to let you in, mm-hmm. and and that's changed because the information is uh, more available now and. A lot of times a consumer comes to us already knowing the neighborhood. They've mm-hmm. seen an aerial shot. They know who lives behind it or what's behind that house. Yeah. Um, they have a lot more information. So now we've become more of we share into the information that they're receiving and we provide our value by by saying, hey, in addition to this thing that you're looking in mm-hmm. this website, here's the, all this other information in relationship to that house or yeah. to the neighborhood or to the market of that area that will be relevant to someone wanting to purchase or sell a home in, yeah. that, in that space. And everything looks good on the internet. It's funny, I've had two incidences. Like I said, I work a lot on referrals. So I had one referral two weeks ago, and they were from over on the Space Coast. 
And they sent me a bunch of listings and they kind of described what they wanted. And um, what they wanted really wasn't what they were showing me. And of course, everything looks great on the internet. All the photos are, you know, retouched and you want to put the listing in the best light. So, you know, uh, we want them to be professional and all of that. So everything they were sending me looked great, but it wasn't like matching what I knew they wanted to have. You know, they, they, they wanted certain aspects um, in the community that, you know, they weren't finding there, you know. Um, so I was able to identify that and show them something that looked in real life the way they wanted, you know, a more, they wanted something, you know, well-maintained and um, like I said, everything looks good on the internet, but yeah, and, they're from out of town. They really yeah, need somebody to be an expert. And I, I think part of the problem is the internet searches mm-hmm. are only as good as the data that's put behind them. Right. And so a lot of these searches, like one of the things that, that is always sort of a source of pain when people are looking mm-hmm. from a different state has to re- relates to the HOA fees and the condo fees mm-hmm. because the way the MLS feeds push that information out mm-hmm. into the you know the Zillow's or the Realtor.com's or some of the other yeah. home websites it doesn't pick up both of those segments it only right. picks up the HOA so a lot of times people are just like oh I want this one because it has a low HOA yeah. it's like no there is a massive yeah. condo fee that is in a separate it's a right. separate line item in the MLS. But, you know, it doesn't pick it up a lot of times with lakefront property. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had it happen very recently where someone wanted a specific, like a west-facing lakefront oh, yeah. property. And mm-hmm. so when you looked in the MLS, it showed like there was nothing, but it was because the agent that inputted the, the listing didn't yeah. put that information in. That's a good point. And I was talking to somebody about that as well because it was like one of the, because like I have two people from out of town recently, and it was something like that. Where, where, you know, um, I think what it was was somebody wanted a turnkey short-term rental and they were going to come down, come down and use it and then rent it out the rest of the time. And so in doing my searches, if I put turnkey in, I only got a couple of results, but in reality there were many more turnkey properties, but they weren't necessarily input. Yeah. The data's not there. It's it's just like with the school searches, right? Because that happens a lot too. I'll have people in my side of town that say, you know, I want to, I want my kids to go to Olympia high or Windermere high, but only these four houses show up. And then when we actually, you know, I'll sit there and I'll draw the polygon on the map and just forget about all the data, Mm -hmm. just do the map. And, you know, now there's 40 properties available. So, so yeah, technology is certainly helping people get a lot of information, but is still not as crisp as it would need to be for someone to rely on it 100% to find a home. Um, and to your point of iBuyers, I mean, I think one of the things that people need to realize with iBuyers as well is they are representing their own interests. And so, you know... I'm laughing because I know this is like, it's like a hot button for me. Yeah, so... Well, I think it should be a hot button for anybody that cares about what's going on in the industry and that pays attention. Like, you know, for fun, I sometimes just pull stats to see what's going on in the market. When I pull stats and I see that there's been a few thousand uh, properties sold through our MLS that have been owned by iBuyers, mm-hmm. I get concerned because I'm not thinking about the, you know, the 2,000 or whatever amount of people that have bought these properties. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the sellers mm-hmm. that sold those properties to these iBuyers, like mm-hmm. how much of their equity did they give up? And oftentimes, oftentimes it makes sense for them to do it. So if you're buying a new construction home and you don't want to deal with listing it on your own or the mm-hmm. time frame of what that looked like and you're really... You you understand that you're getting host on the value, mm-hmm. 
but that it makes sense so you, that you can sleep eight hours at night. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But it's a very different thing to send grandma and a sheet that says, hey, this is on comps and your property's worth like 170 mm-hmm. and this is why it's worth 170 And so we're offering you 170 And grandma looks at it and says, you know what? I heard about these guys. They're reputable. I hear them in the radio. I see them on TV. Mm-hmm. This all looks like it sort of makes sense. I'm going to go ahead and sell them my house. Little does grandma know that the comps that she's being shown are not relevant to her house because they might have been distressed properties or they might have been fixer offers or they might have been old or whatever. I don't even think. And like I said, I I, um, I, I, I fully support it. I feel like people just need to they need to look at all the options. I wouldn't necessarily, if you're interested in knowing what the iBuyer has to say, talk to them and talk to me. Don't just take my word for it. But certainly don't just take their word for it because, like you said, it's an important note. You know, I mean, it's like if I walked up to you and I was like, hey, I'm going to give you X, Y, Z for your car. Well, you're going to do your homework. You might talk to somebody else. You're going to look it up. But, yeah, and moreover, I don't even think that they get sent. They're just like, you know, from my understanding, they just say, okay, this is we have a proprietary system. We partner with local real estate agents. That's how we determine your value. Um so, and, and I hear some people saying, you know, some companies saying they provide market value, everything that I'm, and, and I'm not saying that's not true. Everything that I've seen is people getting offered below market value. And then on top of that, they're charging, you know, a, a percentage. Are we allowed to say that they, what percentage they say they charge? It's on their well, website. Well, oftentimes <laughs> it, it ranges. So sometimes, and I've seen even from just one eye buyer, say five, you know, range between six and seven percent, seven and a half percent. So it ranges, and and they'll do different things whether the house is already listed or whether the house is not currently thing. listed. They can so, list with us and still correct. Get an so, offer. Um, so you know, they they do have a range of things. And again, I and I think I've said this in the, in the past in the podcast, which is. I don't have a problem with someone having a exactly. capitalist idea. That's what it is. And yeah. wanting to say, you know what? I want to buy some houses uh, yeah. for a, for a dollar to sell them for $2. Like, I don't have right. a problem with that. that absolutely. The, the premise of that is absolutely valid. The, totally. I think that where the, the issue starts becoming problematic to me is when I see some of the offers because I've been in the position to yeah. examine some of these offers because people got an offer and then they wanted to get my opinion yeah. on it. And and the offer says that they're, I think it's fair market value is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is fair to someone. I don't know to who, you know, this fairness is a very subjective word. There's a right. sense of fairness. It's not the same to two and people. And that's the same thing. It's like, how do we really know? How do you really know what fair market value is if you have not allowed the market to weigh in? Because what's happening, like you said, it's a very Bingo. capitalistic enterprise, which is fantastic. I support it because, if anything, I think that it, it, I look more competitive. I'm going to be I, – I always know I'm going to be able to get them more money than if they, you know, just go straight to uh, – that's my personal opinion. Um, but, yeah, you're eliminating a whole – you're eliminating the competition. You know, in all sense, you know, they're like, hi, I'm going to give you an offer sight unseen. But, again, nothing wrong with it. But that's – I just want people to know what the process is. Sight unseen offer. Oh, but by the way, we want a 15-day inspection period, and we're going to tell you right on the website we might ask for a price reduction, and we might ask you for repairs. So they've secured the offer, right? You're not going to put it under uh, on the market because you've already got a contract, and then they can go back and backtrack and say, okay, well, now I'm going to look at it. Oh, by the way, I want $10,000 in additional. And then the, the, the fees that they're charging, you know, when we charge fees, we're charging to market, we're charging, we're earning, you know what I mean? We're 
we're marketing the property, we're doing advertising, we're, we're managing the transaction. Um, so I don't understand, you know, that's, that's new. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that, that, that's definitely new. And, I mean, and, and part of the problem with it again is, is just the deceitfulness of it all. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not in the market and you tell um, a homeowner, mm-hmm. you know, your house is worth X amount of dollars and they take it a step farther. They say, if you get it with, if you sell with us with these expenses, you know, we're going to end up at this net bottom line. And if you were to do it with a real estate agent, this is how much they would charge you. And that's where I'm like, whoa, now yeah. you're, now you're making some assumptions. We can't say that. We, it's because that's price. We don't have fixed pricing. Right. There is no price. Fixing. Right. So, so they make and I that, can't say standard real estate commission. Right. And you know, so, because there is no such thing, but they make that assumption and they send that to a consumer with a very neat packaging. Oh, it's on their their website. They have the side by sides. Yeah, and then they say this is the standard real. There is no standard real estate right. commission. So how is that that whole thing? Well, and, and then things that are like they they don't put anything on repairs on their side, but then and they, they put, put repairs on our side. They put repairs on if you were to list with an agent, which. My experience is just the opposite. My experience is if you list with an agent, the chances of repairs are a lot slimmer than they would be if you go with an iBuyer. Because right. the experiences that I've seen on their reviews and um, from from friends of mine that have gone through the process mm-hmm. to a certain point and then put a stop to it is the repairs can be uh, very expensive. You know, what they ask for is mm-hmm. not going to be um, a small repair. It's like, you know, they, they have this very inflated cost um, to repair. So that's fun. We have that to deal with now. We have iBuyers. Hey, I, I welcome it. Um, I think you have the same attitude. I just feel like I, I always encourage people. I don't, I don't, you know, and I know just you're the same way. Well, yeah. And, and look at all the options. So don't take, um, you know, even if it was like you and I competing for a listing, don't take Mario's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Talk to us both if you're interested in hearing what we both have to say. And same thing with the iBuyers. Just don't take you know, you know, these corporations and I see some of the marketing that we're your local real estate brokers. Well, I mean, Walmart is also my local, you know, real estate or local retail store, but it's also a corporation. You know, um, I just want people to like, look at all the facts. You know what I mean? Just look at everything apples to apples. Yeah. I think, I think if, if, I think if, and and to your point, I think if you are given all the information and you analyze it and you decide that that's best for you, then Kudos. I mean, then I'm glad it works out for you. But but if you make a decision without looking at all the information, yeah. um, I think I think there's sort of shame on these companies that are sort of engaging in what I would uh, personally consider sort of a predatory type behavior. Um, and and also people should have a little more knowledge. I mean, like at this point, we know what large companies do, right? I know how we, we know how they're beholden to their to their boards and, and, and we know how they like to maximize profits. So it should be no surprise to anybody that that's what they're in business for. Right. My friend, I think, I think, you know, Bobby Davidovitz. Yeah. So he was, I was talking to him about this the other day and he's like, you know, it's like, well, you know, the thing to th- consider is, okay, well, how is a for-profit company going to make money by buying your house? Right. What's well, one of the ways, one of the ways they buy it at a, a you know, a price where they can turn around because they're not holding it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I mean, I say, fair game, you know, game on, whatever, uh, look at all the facts. Yeah. I mean, and I think here's the, here's where, where I find it to be beneficial mm-hmm. to us is that if you're a real estate agent that's willing to put on the work and do the and time and resources to educate the consumer, I don't think my 
customers are going to fall prey of this because they see me talking about right. it and they hear right. and they see the articles that I share and they hear, you know, that's kind of the social media is the great equalizer. Right. You know, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done anything about this even just 10 years ago because sure. 10 years ago, what would I have had to do? Send people newspaper clippings on their mail every other week. Like I can't do that. But with yeah. social media, I can do that now. I can mm-hmm. put out information. Um, I can share articles and, and the person that's interested in selling their house will certainly click on those. And, and I've actually gone as far as doing newspaper articles on the local newspaper where I'm yeah. like, Hey, just talk to an agent. Like, yeah, not good or bad. Mm-hmm. Just go talk to an agent, get the yeah. opinion of your agent. It doesn't have to be me. Right. If you have an agent that you trust, yeah. call that guy. Yeah. Um, so I think it does present an opportunity to assert yourself as the market expert for sure. Yeah. You know, cause like, like, like I was saying, the people from out of town, they, they, you know, a website is not going to, and then when you're, when you're dealing with somebody from a website or an iBuyer, do they have a license? If they have a license, do they have a license in the state of Florida? Cause it's, you know, it's different in every state. You know, I can't go to New York and, and practice real estate the same way that I would here. It's, they have different ways of doing things. So Yeah. It's all about just getting all the information. Yeah, we're definitely in an interesting time of change. And Orlando just happens to be the hotbed for everybody's oh, lunch. Yeah. Like everybody comes and tests in Orlando. Yes, we're the test market. Baby. We're the test mar- market for everybody. I, I think that's a compliment, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Well, it's going to be interesting, I think, because I feel like the market is softening. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think, you know, uh, right now we don't have the same income you know, average income as like San Francisco, New York, you know, we're just, we're just not there yet. And that's okay. But I think it's softening. Uh, We're seeing more inventory come, but I feel like it's not all necessarily, you know, turnkey type inventory, but I I feel like it is going to soften. So when, as it softens all these new business models, you know, it's going to be interesting. And then, you know, uh, hopefully all of us will, if the market softens, we'll still be here, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know. and, and part of the problem with metrics right now, and why I've kind of stopped my obsession with metrics a little bit, I didn't is, know you had one. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and so, part of the reason why I've stopped it is so specifically with the iBuyer situation. If they've sold, let's say, fifteen hundred homes last year, that means they've also purchased fifteen hundred homes. But those purchases are not inputted in the MLS because they're treated as a for sale by owner, meaning the iBuyer is dr- approaching the seller directly, and this is an off MLS transaction. Yeah. So when we're looking at our MLS stats, we're not seeing those transactions. There's fifteen hundred sales that are missing from those transactions, which are real sellers that sold their homes. And so those people likely bought a house. So what it does is not only does it, um, it, it, purposely depress the amount of sales that are taking place in the market by saying, again, just using that as an example, there's 1,500 less sales counted for in our MLS than there should have been. But there's also 1,500 buyers that are generally counted for Mm -hmm. that, you know, that are move up buyers that look like new buyers entering the market when they're not. Um, so the stats are part of all of this. I think it's a skew- part of all of this is I think it skews the stats significantly mm-hmm. um, to where it makes it more difficult to ascertain whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market, whether there's some softness in the market. Because if, by the way, if, if you have, you know, a hundred people in one zip code selling homes in a year for yeah. 10% on their market value, that significantly changes what would right. be the stat of the list to sell price, right? So, yeah. And my, my whole thing is too, like, I wonder, you know, 
I don't, for me personally, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to, it, it concerns me. It's just something I think to watch. I wouldn't want any one corporation or any two or three corporations, you know, if they have, they have, a, if they own that many properties, you know, they can affect pricing. Yeah. They're going to be able to, and, and I don't know that it's going to make things more affordable. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no one profits are involved. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the thing in Orlando, right? Like we are already, uh, to your point, our affordability index is not the best right now right. because, you know, wages haven't moved at the same rate. The house pricing right. has moved up over the last 10 years. I mean, the market was crashed was 10 years ago already. Yeah. So um, we've had 10 years of pretty much continuous appreciation, but wages haven't right. kept up with that, which, you know, again, it brings us to sort of a point where the market softening just seems to be the only plausible, logical right. thing to happen at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree. You know, it's, um, you know, the uh, the growth, we've had so much of it, and it's great. And we're a destination that people want to be, right? We don't have snow. So um, it always cracks me up. You know, once in a while, you'll get somebody from New York. Yeah, I want to come down there. I want to buy a house. I like four bedrooms. I like a pool. I like a spa. I like to be on about an acre of land. And I got $150,000 to spend. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why you think it's going to be like fire sale down here. Everybody wants to be here. You know, it's 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 great weather year round. I mean, that's... Yeah, because 10 years ago it was. You know, so a lot of what... Yes. I think a lot of what happens is mm-hmm. people, you know, their uncle bought a house... Um, eight years ago, and mm-hmm. they did pay $150,000 for right. a pool home, you know, um, somewhere in Davenport, South Claremont, or, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't do that anymore. Like, I'm sorry, the ship sailed. You should have done it then. Like, that, that's not a, around anymore. Yeah. Um, you are also, I wanted to mention this because I think it's a great honor. You were the top 20 under 40 uh, from Aura Young Professional Network. Yes. And it's, uh, you have a lot of involvement with the YPN. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I am, I am, uh, I was named 20 under 40 in 2016. Um, I'm in my jeans and t-shirt because uh, YPN went out to, it's YPN Cares Day. So um, a lot of the young professional networks across the state of Florida went out and volunteered. We went to the Second Harvest Food Bank. Uh, but yeah, I was I, I won that honor in 2016, and now I chair the committee, and it's just fun. We've got great leadership. Our our new CEO Cliff Long is fabulous, really energetic, really engaging. Um, Jeff Fagan, our president, is great. Yeah, you know, the whole leadership team is fantastic. Everybody that's involved with the association is it's just fun to be around, and it's, and it, it's helped me be a little bit better of an agent because I feel like I have my finger on the pulse of what's going on. Um, you know, kind of keeping up to date on the latest changes, things coming down the pipeline that maybe haven't come into play yet. And, and it's nice to be able to um, to help uh, maybe recognize other people that could be 20 under 40, you know, encourage them to be more involved, mentor people a little bit, uh, just like give back to the community and stuff. Yeah. I just like the people, you know, it's fun. So yeah. believe it or not, it is fun. Well, it's good that it's fun, but it's also it also does important work for the community. which I think it's something that we need to be doing more of. And it's been sort of a theme of the last few podcasts that I've Mm -hmm. done. Um, I've had a lot of people that that are very much involved in giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's something more important. And and if we're going to be competing with each other, let's compete in that arena, right? Like, I think that's a good arena to compete in. Like, let's see who gives back the most or who has the most creative idea to give back. Um, 
thank you so much for doing this with me Thanks. today. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and getting to see your career and, and, you. and getting to know you. Uh, we'll definitely do this again because I think you're one of the people that <clears throat> because of your background and, and how you started working as child labor into real estate, um, you have a wealth of experience and we only tapped about a little bit of it. And and I want to I wanna get to know more of that for sure. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. Of course. Thank you. <laughs>